Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by a new group coaching program that I launched with my friend Melissa, an RRCA certified coach and 12-time marathoner. Are you struggling with motivation or consistency? Not sure when to run or when to rest? What about all the options for virtual racing? We're here to help. Kicking off July 20th, our program is focused on a virtual fall race. For $37 a month, which is $149 total, you'll get giveaways, swag, and preferred pricing from some of our favorite tools and fuels, as well as monthly Zoom calls and access to a sports dietitian for all of your nutrition-related questions. You'll get a 16-week program with two skill levels available, leading into a race day experience with as much of a community vibe as possible in the age of COVID. Check the link in the show notes for more details. Welcome back. Today, I have Allison Cleaver joining me. Allison, thanks so much for uh, for hopping on for a podcast. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. For sure. Um, first, who is, uh, who is Allison? Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Cleaver. I am from Dallas, Texas, but I've been living in Austin, Texas for the past 14 years. And I moved here because I went to the, the University of Texas at Austin. Hook'em horns. Yep. (laughs) I ran track and cross country there. And when I graduated, I technically left UT at 2012, but I graduated in 2011. So I started my post-collegiate running career then uh, in 2012. And I actually met my husband on the Rogue Rogue Athletic Club that was a team sponsored here in Austin from, um, it it was sponsored by Adidas. And he was a steeplechaser. So that's how I met my husband. And then that group is no longer existent, existing. And I run, now run for Rabbit. And I graduated nursing school last December and started working. Um, I work in a pediatric hospital here in Austin now. I started that gig in February, have only been was only on the job for a month until all of this COVID-19 happened. So it's been a, it's been very interesting nursing journey journey to say the least. So yeah. What, what has that been like, especially as a new nurse? Oh my gosh. Well, we had a complete normalcy the first month, you know, your basic, you know, intro to the floor, you know, I'm, I'm in pediatric surgery. So I was kind of getting the ball rolling into surgeries. Um, I had random preceptors helping me, and um, about a month, yeah, but when right after the trials, exactly, we were getting notified. You know, things are changing daily here at my hospital. But one of the things that was really big was that the uh, I think it was the general surgeon was saying that we needed to stop all elective cases. So, with that being said. We went from, you know, I probably went from five surgeries a day to maybe one. And although it didn't really directly affect me in a way, like I was still working, um, there were times I did have to go to the emergency room and screen patients. So that was a little scary because 
I, I was in contact with people who I was, I was in contact with someone who was positive and I've also was in contact with people who were exposed. So I was scared, but I was willing to put myself wherever there needed to be help. I mean, I even offered to help in the adult hospitals because we thought Austin was going to get like New York. Thankfully it never did, or it hasn't yet, but I'm willing to put myself out and help in any way. And it's, you know, when you're new, you just kind of roll with the punches, you know? Yeah. So, so I had, um, Aaron Fredrickson or Aaron Clark, formerly Aaron Clark on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she is, um, she just graduated medical school and she's a, a new family physician starting essentially in July. And she talked about the same thing. Like, you know, I'm here to help. Uh, I'll do whatever I can and uh, just tell me where to go. And I think it's an admirable, admirable and fascinating perspective to have mm-hmm. when there's so much unknown on the other side of that. So what, why, um, why do you, why do you feel that way? And I say that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, the thing with like nur- with nursing, it's something I've always been called to do. You know, I have always wanted to put myself in positions where I've, I've, I'm, I'm called to do something and my calling, I mean, especially right now, since I'm still, still new, you know, to me, I felt, well, if I don't feel useful being in shadowing a nurse here in the operating room, I know I can be more useful in the emergency room and, and screen patients. I mean, we're taking temperatures, we're asking them all, you know, the basic symptoms of COVID and all that. And those are even changing every day. So I still had to learn the different lingo and what to ask certain patients, because if they, if I let a positive patient go through those doors, they'll know that it was me or someone else, you know, screening at the front, at the front door, the front of the hospital. So I just, I feel that it's just, it's always been a calling. I, I, like I said, just being new, I have felt I needed to be at the front line in any way possible. Awesome. And how does that, how does that play into your running? How do you, how do you, um, process what goes on in your day to day with respect to your running? Yeah. So because it's so hard because I, I mean the average, most of everyone that I run with aren't in the healthcare, you know, aren't healthcare professionals. So with that being said, I've literally tried to not run with anyone. You know, I see the worst of it, I guess. And I just, people don't really understand the the validity of the situation. And maybe I am maybe the quote more extreme, but like I said, I, I see a, a different world. And when I go and run, it's like, just, it's my outlet. If anything, during this whole, you know, I, I, I put a post today. I ran, this is the first, today was the first day I actually ran with people on a run. Um, I've been running with my husband the, you know, the past couple I mean, I guess past couple months we've been in quarantine. Like I've just been so, like I said, I, and I internalize everything too. Um, I really only talked to my husband about it. And, and at one point we even were concerned that I might have to self quarantine because I told you I'd been around a positive patient, um, mm-hmm. or a positive person. But in terms of running, I've just, I've just been running by myself and letting everything go. That's my outlet now, you know? So we met back in uh, December at 
uh, in Austin. And if I remember correctly, you were telling me about all the groups you run with and, and like how involved you are in the Austin running community. Um, so what, what is it like not having that and not having that sense of connection in person? You know, it's been really hard. I mean, I, it's nice to have social media and every, I feel like at one point, none of us were really running together and it was really cool, but I do miss it so much. And it really does make me appreciate, honestly, if anything with COVID, I mean, it's helped me myself understand that I don't need a race to run, but I love and miss the running community here in Austin. Like I said, I felt that this morning and it was amazing. And I'm like looking forward to tomorrow's run. I'm already trying to plan runs for the rest of the week. I mean, it's a harder, it's a lot, it's a lot harder for me to run during the week, but on the weekends when I, when I'm off, I, I, I mean, it just really makes me appreciate being here. Yeah. And, and like you, um, I had a different friend that I would run with every day of the week and that was my routine. I'd pretty much only do my workouts solo and, and everything else was with a friend or a coworker or, mm-hmm. you know, a long run buddy or group or whatever. And it's, and now I'm, now I'm living at my parents' house, um, <laughs> you know, a hundred miles or, um, you know, an hour from Boston. And so it's not even an option. And it's just, and this is what I've been doing for two and a half months. And it's so strange to go, you know, cold turkey and go from running with people every single day to like, I I haven't run with anybody in, (laughs) in, you know, since I guess like early March. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would love to live with my parents. So I'm very jealous of you. (laughs) It's bizarre, but I'm grateful. (laughs) I would be too. No, I haven't seen anyone. I, you know, I've been literally with my husband 24 seven. I mean, not 24 seven, but he's, like I said, it it is, it is tough. It's very tough. And like I said, it, it made me appreciate more of why I'm running. Like I'm doing it as an outlet. I'm doing it because I want to stay healthy. I'm not doing it for the races. I'm doing it for just complete wellness. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a time when like this introspection needs to happen and people need to understand why they're running. Um, early on, you know, people were still, Oh yeah, the fall races will happen. So I'm going to train for that. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's pretty safe, uh, to assume that none of those, you know, coming on the heels of Boston being canceled outright. Yeah. Uh, I think the rest of the the majors will follow and, you know, maybe you'll get a small f- neighborhood 5k, but you know, you'll get it with social distancing. And that's hard because mm-hmm. like racing is racing. Racing is not time trialing. Racing is no. looking at the person next to you and saying, we're going to, I'm going to beat you and yeah. we're going to do this together, but I'm going to beat you. Um, so what's, what's your, what's your mindset um, as a high level runner um, with that, with that in mind? You know, so I guess it's funny because it almost feel to me, it almost feels like the trials never happened just because <laughs> it's like we had this high pivoting moment in the end of February of this year. And then all of a sudden all this stuff happens and I usually have a harder time coming back from the marathon, but it actually gave me more of an excuse to kind of like, Hey, Allison, just relax. Like, nothing's going on. Like you're good. Like maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll do peach tree in July, like whatever. And so I started training again a little bit and it it's honestly made the recovery a lot easier, but 
honestly, I'm not going to lie, as I saw more races getting canceled, I'm like, uh, I'm kind of I'm glad races are being canceled just because I, I felt like a sense of urgency. And although the fall, yes, there are still very many unknowns. Um, to be quite honest with you, I hadn't really thought about the fall because it, it's so for me when I, when I find a race on the, or put a race on the calendar, I go all the way in. Um, but because I don't have any of that, I'm just, like I said, I'm just running to, I guess I'm just training to train, I guess what you want to call it. I'm not even doing workouts, but training for life. I am training for life. Yes. <laughs> but so yeah. how, how is it, how is it going? It's going great. You know, it's really hard. I'm not going to lie with, I have a set schedule like 630 to three Monday through Friday. So I can be really crazy and ambitious and try to get out the door at 430 and go on a run, which I do sometimes. I I am. Do you do that because it's so, so hot on the other side of the day? Correct. Um, so sometimes I try to just knock it out and, and get in something and then I'll do a shorter run at the end of the day. But yeah, just because our Texas summers aren't very friendly, it is very hard right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> it is very difficult. So right, like just yesterday, like I should have ran at 4.30 yesterday. I didn't. Um, four o'clock afternoon, 90 degrees, eight mile run was the worst idea ever. Like that's, that's the rest of the summer. And you know what? It probably won't get cooler till maybe mid October, maybe the end of October. And that's being gracious with saying that. So it's pretty bad. (laughs) It's good heat training. (laughs) Yes. But I'm not a good heat runner. Anyways, that's that we can talk about that on another day, but yeah, but you, you lived in you lived in Texas your whole life, right? Okay, yes, but I am still. You know, people think I have an advantage. I I still have a really hard time of you know, and I I think I run better in humidity than I do in heat. But it could be worse. I could be living in Houston, Texas, where it's both really hot and really <laughs> humid. So <laughs> I have to be thankful for where I'm at. But yeah, it's very hot here, and yeah, we call it um, our altitude. Yeah, we we get a similar effect in the summer. It's maybe not from you know April through October, but you know summers in in Boston in July and August. It's ninety degrees and hundred percent humidity, and it feels like swimming, not running. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it. It's fun. Just another variable. Um, what is it about running that that gives you um, that gives you that value, and and what does that what does that mean to you? Hmm. That's a good question. I just feel like I feel a, a sense of fulfillment. I love working hard and trying to push my body to its limit. And it, it just gives me, you know, it's something that I want to leave a legacy on for, you know, my future, my, my future kids, just because my family, especially my dad's side are all runners. And I feel Like, I feel like I'm, because right now I'm the only, I guess, technically runner in my family right now, but it's, it's, it's part of a, like a family thing really. And I feel it is my duty to continue that and push myself. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I hope my kids, you know, want to achieve the same thing in, in some form or fashion. It doesn't have to be running, but just a sense of fulfillment. 
Do you remember why you went for your first run? Why when you know, my dad actually took me on my first run with me. He would always do a two mile route around our house and I used to bike with him and one day he said, When you get old enough, you know, I'll let you run with me. I'm like, Okay. And I was probably maybe I can't remember, maybe eight or nine and you know, I went the whole way and I I just remember wanting to push myself because I I knew I could do it and I felt like um felt like a million bucks that day. Like I re- I remember going on my first run and I'm like I think I could do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how did it feel and and why why did you continue? You know, how did it feel? Uh terrible. I remember feeling really terrible, but I remember my dad just encouraging me. And what was the second question? I'm sorry. Um, Why did you continue, especially if it felt terrible? (laughs) Because I felt just like, you know, when you finish a run and all your endorphins are released, like it feels amazing. And even to this day, I, when I have a harder time getting out the door, I always try to remember, Hey, whenever you finish, you're going to feel so good. Just, just do it. And I've continued it because I love it. I love the sport. If you fast forward, I don't know, 10 years, what what are you really excited that you've been able to do? Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll be 41. Um, <laughs> I will hope to have qualified for all the Olympic trials. And I definitely want to get my marathon time down. Um, you know, I don't know. I've always talked to people about this. I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied with like, are you saying like when I'm done running, like if I'll be, I don't know about done, but just, um, you know, quite a few training cycles, uh, in the future. I mean, I don't know. I, it's so hard. It's so hard to think 10 years from now. I'm like, I have a hard time thinking about tomorrow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I'm just focused on dinner. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, no, I, I definitely want to get a couple more marathon, uh, marathon cycles under me, especially the, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot more to give. I'm Mm -hmm. a firm believer. The older you get, the better, the faster you get. And I'm going to, I think that holds very true. And I look up to, you know, women like Sarah Hall, Shalane, Kara, Desi, Desi's my favorite. I, they're, they're still older than me. And by just looking at how they're not old, but how they're progressing, it, it, it gives me hope that I can continue that as well. Why do you think as they've gotten older, they've gotten stronger and better? I think it's honestly the years of aerobic base. I think our lungs, you know, I started running when I was 16. I mean, I built that base since I was 16 and I'm 31 now. I've had so many years of just a strong aerobic base that I think over the years just transfers over to when you continue doing this day in, day out, you know, you, you've built like, I call it like a house. Like you've built this huge house of lung capacity that can take you so much farther than someone who started, you know, later, not to say if you started later, it's harder, but I think you have an advantage if you've been running for years and building that aerobic. Yeah, I think 
I totally agree with that. And beyond that, it you, I think you just get smarter um, and you're able to make decisions to contribute to longevity versus short-term wins. Like when I was in my mid and early 20s, I would not take rest days or I wouldn't take time off um, <laughs> because I wanted to run today. And like currently I'm in the week, in the midst of a week off just because I would rather be um, overly cautious, particularly at a time when, you know, I can't go see my Cairo. Um, and I don't know that I would have done that three or four years ago. And I think that decisions like this only come by, by making the mistake over and over and over again. No, I completely um, agree. Yep. Yeah. So how, how are you with rest and recovery? Oh my gosh. I'm such a, I'm the most cautious runner you probably will ever meet. Seriously. I, <laughs> if I feel a little ache, I'll be like, I'm not running today. You know, I'll be fine. I'm, and that's yeah. smart. That's good that you said that. And you brought that up about being smart. As you get older, you have more experience, more wisdom. You've gone through the, you know, this stuff before. And because of my cautious personality, I haven't had any injuries, knock on wood. Um, mm. I have, I mean, I'm, I ha, I'm sorry. I haven't had any injuries since, since I've been with my new coach, which was summer of 2017. I, because I listen to my body so much, if I'm exhausted, you know, I'll sleep a little bit more and I'll run when I feel like it. But I feel like it's, I, I, I just don't like running on edge or running at that cusp of like, okay, if I go and run and do this run just to, you know, finish my mileage for the week, is it really worth it? Or is it, you know, and, and to me, I'm always like, nope, it's not worth it. You know, I'd rather run a race. I, I'd rather run a race, take, take a day off, than do this run or do this workout and injure myself. So I think sleep and um, rest and recovery are so important. And I think I'm pretty good at that. Definitely. I think it's a, it's a critical piece in the puzzle for sure. Um, talk to me about rabbit. Uh, like I said, I met you at, um, in yes. Austin actually at a rabbit run, yes. uh, which was super cool. We went for a run and then ate tacos and it was, it was awesome. Yes. Um, talk, talk to me about being on that team. I love rabbit. You know, when I started, so I, so I took a little running hiatus I don't for almost a year. And when I came back to running, I felt that I needed to be a part of something. And it just so happened that rabbit was promoting their rabbit elite program. And so my husband and I were like, Hey, would you be interested? Like, this is a time for you to be, cause I still had, you know, times to get me into the, to the program. So I'm glad I'm very excited. They took a chance on me and accepted me. And I was just a powerhouse when I got back to training again, you know, I was doing so many races and I was getting, I don't know. I just, I wanted to be a part of something. And I felt like with being with rabbit, they have a great community and I wanted to be a part of a community that wasn't just within Austin, but was with all over the country. And I've gotten to meet so many amazing runners around and learned and also provided guidance to these people, my teammates. And, um, after CIM of 2018, I got, I guess, promoted to rabbit pro now. And I absolutely love it. I think 
Monica and Jill are amazing women. And I think they're doing a very good job. I mean, including everyone because running is, is not an individual sport, but they've created a community where they have the rad rabbit, the rabbit elite, the rabbit pro, and they're so good with their social media and their presence that they're really trying to include everyone. And I, and I love that. I really, really do. Yeah. They're, um, they're doing such cool stuff with the community and with the, I mean, the, the gear itself is awesome. Yes. Um, which is super cool. So the, the program you're a part of, what, what does that, um, what's entailed with that or what's involved with that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I do get, I do get apparel from them. They, they'll help with travel. And as long as, I mean, as long as we're taking part in the community and, you know, being, um, like I said, like they aren't all, they aren't the only ones, you know, promoting themselves on social media. We also have to as well. And, um, just, I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, just, you know, just kind of being, uh, being, uh, exposed to your audience, you know, on, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm more social. I'm more on social media with my Instagram and stuff. You know, it's just a way to connect and Mm -hmm. to get the product out there. Because I think since they are still, you know, a smaller business, like I felt like over the years, they've, they've just grown a great reputation. And I think with having the rabbit pros and having, you know, Brogan Austin, Ryan Miller, and, you know, Katie German's on the team now, like they're really building a good, uh, like a professional team to just keep spreading that brand. And they had a pretty awesome crew at the trials. Talk to me about the, the Olympic trials. Oh my gosh. That was terrible. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> let's go and talk about that. after. Okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't how I wanted it to go, obviously. But, you know, I learned a lot from that race. Going in, I felt very, very calm and collected as as much as you could before a marathon, much less the trials. Um, I did have a little bit of illness coming in. I did not want that to interfere with my psyche, though. So I just pretended that I wasn't sick. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, the race was very hard. I think it... <laughs> You know, I'm having hard, people keep asking me if it was harder than LA trials, and I really don't know. They're very close to my not fun race list. Uh, I felt the trials was honestly a race that determined, you know, who was the toughest, not who was the fastest. Um, mm-hmm. I felt that by finishing, it was a huge win for me. I think I post, I know I posted that. If I had seen my husband anywhere that last 10K, I would have stepped off and would have been completely done. And I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't see him because I think to this day I would have regretted not fin um not finishing. So I think the hills and I, I think I was definitely prepared for the hills. We get a lot of that here in Austin, but I felt that I just I just had a tough day. I I really was struggling. Um, there wasn't, there was really no excuse for my poor performance. I just felt that if I had felt a little better, you know, I think, I think I could, could have improved a little bit, but it really, it was, it was challenging. So how do you, how do you reconcile that? (sighs) 
Well, I think one of the things that I have to remember and put in perspective, you know, it is the Olympic marathon trials. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I was very thankful to have two under my belt now. And what kind of made me be able to digest the race was that I had so much family support after the race. I almost forgot that I even raced, maybe not the next day because I was very, very sore. But but immediately after the race, I just felt so much love. Like they made me felt like I, I won the race because Mm -hmm. of, and, and the crowds were amazing. But honestly, I think as we've gone through this quarantine, I've actually thought less about the trials and just kind of proceeded to move forward. And my husband has always told me, you know, I know this is very hard, but you did absolutely amazing. I mean, I could DNF and he could still tell me I'm amazing, but (laughs) <laughs> he he always puts things in perspective for me and that really helps. He and he tells me till this day, you finished. You didn't drop out. You finished that race. That race was tough. And 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 that has helped me feel more comfortable about my performance. Totally. And I think that there are there are times when it's a good thing to drop out and then there are times when um as it sounds like you had experienced in Atlanta like dropping out is is not a good idea and finishing even if the time is far off from what you want um that's you're going to remember that and you're going to remember that like you can do hard things i had a similar experience at boston 2017 i was trying to break 3 and i didn't even break Aww. 4 um Aww. yeah so i ran over i ran like a 403 and i was trying to run 259 and it's like my last 10 K took probably 75 minutes and I wouldn't trade that for the world. And I, I vividly remember being in like extraordinary amounts of pain Mm -hmm. and not injury pain, but probably similar, but totally different than what you were experiencing. It wasn't GI issues. It wasn't, it was just like massive, massive muscular cramps Mm. and, it wasn't going to cause long-term damage. So I just kept going, but it was like, anytime I ran faster than a 10 minute mile, my calves <laughs> would, my calves would seize and I would fall to the ground. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. So, but like, but I wouldn't trade that for the world because that's, that's one of the hardest experiences I've ever had. And I can draw on that when things get hard in the future. And, and mm-hmm. it sounds like you had, you know, quite a similar, um, quite a similar experience. Oh, definitely. I mean, you get to a point in the race, especially when you're like, you know, I'm at mile 25 and you're like, I literally have 1.2 miles to go. I can <laughs> yeah. do this. And yeah. I was kind of like you, my calves seized. I started walking. I'm like, who yeah. am I? I'm like, uh-uh, yeah. I'm, finished this. I'm finishing this race. <laughs> I don't care if I'm crawling. So Yeah, I, I had the exact same experience. I remember like stumbling my way down Beacon Street and I was, I was shouting at people like, because... <laughs> Uh, with the Boston Marathon, people are out, they're drinking, they're, you know, it's it's a Monday, everybody's off uh, for the holiday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, down Beacon Street, people have beers and, and alcohol and stuff. And I was like, funny. I was asking for tequila. And people thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. And I was like, no, 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 like, <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me a tequila shot. Because I'd seen, shot. you know, people drinking beers in, in other races before. I was like, just, I need this right now. Um Everybody thought it was funny, and I was like, "This isn't a joke. <laughs> this is serious." <laughs> um, 
so what is it about the marathon that that draws you in? <laughs> I don't know if it necessarily draws me in, but I think, you know, I think the longer the better. I think something about the marathon is such a special it's a special race and I think it's one of those things if you can go if you can get through that, you can get through anything. You know, I'm still very very new to the marathon. My old coach was kind of hesitant to have me start the marathon at such a young age. So he kind of held off. I think I ran my first one at 26, 27, I think. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you know, I, it's just, it's just an amazing event. I think it's, it's so popular amount around, excuse me, among the running community, especially here in Austin, you know, everyone runs the marathon. They don't run the half. They don't, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be relatable to the, to some of the Austin community sometimes too, because if you don't run the marathon, it's like, (laughs) okay, cool. Like that. Cool. That's great. You run a fast 10 miler. Okay, cool. That's great. You run a fast 5k, but the marathon, like it's, it's just, you know, the epitome of road racing. I mean, it's an, it's an event that just holds so much, you know, you, so much pride, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful and very, very hard race, (laughs) but it's, 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 it's just unique. I don't know. Talking about the Austin running community. Talk about it. It's amazing. Um, the Austin running community, and I know I told you this, there are so many different groups and I love tipping my toe in the, in, in all these different groups and, and gaining these friendships the running community is the best. In fact, I, I really would have a hard time if my husband and I were to leave that I wouldn't have this anymore. You know, I could run, I could pick 20 different people I would want to run with tomorrow if I had to. Like I, mm-hmm. there's so much community here and unity and it's so cool being involved in a city that is so active and, and has health as the priority, you know, and, and getting fast too also helps, you know, and yeah. I, I think also being a girl, being a woman here in Austin and being kind of fast, I have the luxury of being around men who are much faster than me and, and them having, um, helped me get to achieve my goals, you know, cause I do train, I do do workout solo. So if I'm lucky and I can grab a guy that isn't doing a workout, you know, I can get help from them. And that's kind of the luxury of the running community here is like people want to help other people. And so that we can all achieve our goals because running isn't, is an individual sport, but it's also a team sport. You help other people get better. And I love being a part of that. Definitely. I think the, like the, I don't want to call it tiering, but the tiering of, um, of skill speed i don't know whatever the the way to describe that is is so helpful if you can find somebody that's just a little bit faster than you Mm -hmm. um and that's what i noticed in in austin everybody was just a little bit faster than me (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but it was it was super cool to run with all the different groups and um like i put in like 60 miles across like five days and it was (laughs) it was super fun 
Um, but yeah, I've before this coronavirus thing, um, I had a similar setup in here in Boston where the women that are on the the you know the edge of OTQ, like that's that's just a little bit faster than me. And that's a group that's awesome to run with. And in Boston, there are so many of them. Wow. And and it's it's super cool because um, you know, we have a, a fast Thursday group and a and a fast Saturday group. And um I think if you pick your spots with people who are a little bit faster than you, um you end up doing things that you're capable of, but maybe you didn't think you were capable of. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so cool. What are, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I think it's just, that's the beauty of being a woman, a kind, like a kind of fast woman, because you can, you still can help another woman. Like I, I've helped other people who are 245 marathoners here in Austin, but then I'm also struggling with someone who's a little faster than me to help push me and achieve my workout goals. You know, it's mm-hmm. really cool. Talk to me about the, the women's running, um, the status of women's running in general. Oh my gosh. It just keeps getting, it blows my mind. I mean, I think, oh, this time's fast, but you know, next year someone's going to break the world record. I mean, I just think women's running is just, man, we're a powerhouse. You don't mess with us. We're uh, getting, getting better each year. It's, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. I, I don't know when, when people will start getting slower, to be honest. (laughs) We just keep getting fast. So why do I'm fascinated by the difference in like aspirational, um, trials, qualifying athletes between men and women. Um, if you look at the men's side there, you could probably count the ones on their hand that, you know, (laughs) tell, tell their story of the road to OTQ. It's Peter Bromka and Tommy Pusey. I can't really think of many more than that. And, and they're, you know, between two, two seventeen and two twenty. Um, but there are hundreds of, of women, you know, at two forty six. Mm-hmm. and I, what, why do you think that is? Cause we're badass. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, that is true. Um, you know, I, I really, I really don't know. I just, that's a really good question. I just think with, Ooh, I, I really don't, I really don't know if I can answer that. I don't, I don't know why we're getting, why, why there's so many at that tier. Why? I yeah. mean, I, I really, I really don't know. So I'm going to have Peter on, on the podcast again. I had him uh, before Boston 2019 and uh, I think we're going to have a spirited discussion um, at some point next month. And I can't wait to hear his answer on that one. Oh my gosh. I would love to hear <laughs> that. Yeah. I just, I don't, I really, that's a really good question. I don't. We will see. Um, what are some things you wish you knew when you started running that you know now? Hmm. <sighs> kind of like what you said earlier. I wish I had, you know, when I, when I first started running, I wish I had known what a stress fracture felt when I had it (laughs) because I actually ran through a stress fracture till to the point where I like couldn't walk anymore. And I, I wish I had told myself back then, I wish I had told myself back then, Hey, why did you do that workout? 
why did you do this? You know, I got to the point of injury where I couldn't walk. And that's when I knew, oh, I guess I can't run either. So I wish I had told myself those things. I also wish that I told myself to stay patient because kind of, like I said, I kind of started late running at 16 and I felt that I had lost so much time with all the girls coming into UT that had been running since freshman year. And because I didn't have that, I felt the urgency to put in high, you know, high mileage, do all the little things. And that just resulted to injury. So I felt that I would have told myself to just, hey, chill out. You're fine. Your time will come. And I actually got better after college uh, because of that. And I think the years of wisdom and hearing other of my peers talk to me about it and, and seeing them go through struggles has helped me also be the runner I am today. That's awesome. Um, what are you scared of? What am I scared of? Like running wise or like in life? Wherever you go what? first or what, <laughs> wherever your head goes to first. Oh my gosh. The first thing that I, the first thing that, that comes to mind is the unknown. I don't, I don't like knowing, like, especially with, you know, all this unknown right now. I, I mean, I don't like not knowing. But you've run the marathon. There's so much unknown in the marathon. And, you know, and that's very, you're very right about that. And I, and I am scared and I'm not going to lie. I am very terrified of my next marathon just because there's a lot of tweaking I need to do. I need to tweak my nutrition. I need to figure out what shoes I want to wear. You know, I, I kind of kept going back and forth. Like, should I run in the alpha flies? Like, you know, just kind of having doubt. And, and I am, I am scared because right now I'm not having to deal with that because I don't have a marathon planned, but mm. I, I am terrified because there's so much that can happen in a blink of an eye in that race. And I feel like once you go down that dark path, it is, it's impossible to, to come out of that. So how do you avoid that? I think honestly, the only thing that you can really do is just pra or mimic. Like I think for me, what I will, what I'm going to try to do is every long run, try to mimic or try to do any, something I would try to similarly do to the marathon or, or race day and try to simulate as best as I can. And I, I want to say that I did a lot of that for the trials. But like I said, there's still some nutrition thing I need to work on. I mean, maybe it's a bad breakfast. I don't know. But I think just trying my hardest to practice that is, is the best answer. That's awesome. What do you wish people knew about you? <sighs> hmm. What do I wish people knew about me? Sometimes people will say like, I'm a lefty or I have two, I have nine fingers. Actually, nobody said that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. Or like, um, for the, for the, the fear one, people, uh, people have said snakes. So it's, it's as deep or as, uh, as surface level as, uh, as and what was the question again? Cause now I'm thinking about snakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question was, what do you wish people knew about you? Um, honestly, I think what I wish people knew is kind of what I go through on the, on a daily basis right now, just because with all this COVID and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to 
have people show sympathy for me by any means. That's not what I'm, tr- I'm implying. But I think to just kind of get a feel of what it's like to be in the healthcare world, it is during this time, it is, it's so hard because I feel like I'm going, I'm going into this space every day that no one is accustomed to and, and no one sees. It's not like Grey's Anatomy. It's not. Um, but <laughs> what about scru- Scrubs? I haven't seen Scrubs, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> but I, so what, I, what, what is it like? It's just very, I mean, we joke, we laugh, whatever, but it's very serious. And my heart races sometimes like, and I'm still new, but my heart races sometimes like every time I'm in surgery because, you know, the surgeon needs something and, you know, I'm, I'm literally the head of that surgery room. So if something goes wrong, you know, it's basically my fault. It's very stressful. And it kind of, honestly, it's kind of that rush you get right before you start a race. And I think that's why I do so well in that environment because I do well under pressure. Do I like it? No, not really, but I do really well and I'm very calm and collected. I in, I actually internalize everything. So you really don't know that I'm stressing out <laughs> because I fake it and smile and do everything I can to, uh, to make sure I don't show any fear or stress. But I, uh, I think Is that how right, you look on a start line too. Oh yes. Oh, definitely. And I think I do a good job. You know, I probably joke a little bit more, but like I said, it's, it's, a fa- I'm just being fake, but I mean, I'm, I'm genuine too. Like I, and I do, you know, I, I really, I feel like it's very important. I, 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 cause I, in college, I used to be very, very serious and I didn't really run well in college. And I felt that that didn't help. So I felt my way of uh, attacking a race was just pretending I wasn't racing, but then maybe five minutes before the race, just put on my little game face on and, you know, focus. Cause that's, that's, that's the, the game time. Cool. Um, what, What's the focus? Speaking of focus, what's the focus for the rest of 2020? Is it head down, put in some miles, and enjoy it? Yes, sir. Um, so my coach and I, we have decided. You know, when races start happening, I can start doing workouts. But right now, yeah, just focusing on building that big mansion I want to build in my lungs and get in good base. You know, right now I'm I'm running between 60 to 70 miles a week. I think going over 70 is probably a little too excessive right now because I feel like I don't, I also don't want to burn myself out, you know? Right. So I'm really trying to, you know, like I said, run for myself and for health and just push on. And, you know, if a race happens, then great. But until then, I'm just doing me. Cool. I love it. Thanks so much for, uh, for chatting today. Where can we find you uh, if we want to follow along? At, a mini cleaver is my Instagram handle and it's the same one uh, for Twitter as well. And I have a Facebook too, but I don't really check Facebook. So Facebook's not a fun place these days. No, it's well, not. <laughs> thanks so much for, for joining and uh, hope to see you in Austin uh, for a run and or tacos again soon. Yes. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.